he goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Now listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Here are the Leafs breaking in. Nylander right off the face up. Scores! Holy Mackinac, nine seconds in. Willie Nylander scores nine seconds into the game. Sandine with a shot. Scores! It deflects in off a Chicago defender. Nylander to the right wing side to Matthews. Scores! I think the Maple Leafs have gotten their 3-1 lead. Marazic couldn't track it down. Perfect center. They score. Tavares. Marazic went back in the net to play the puck. And he missed it with his glove. And it was a long way back. And he didn't make it. Back to the point. And a shot by Timmons. Scores. Connor Timmons is going to get credit for this goal. Welcome in Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. It's Julia Cherry and Mike DiStefano with you. The Leafs coming off a big win over the Chicago Blackhawks last night. 5-2. to two. A little set play off the draw. How are you? To get it started early by Willie Nylander. Apparently drawn up by Austin Matthews. Had a puck drop. Uh, we're going to have Craig Button join us in five minutes. Jackie Redmond a little bit later in the show. So last night was AB a random February game in the dog days of the season versus one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League, and yet it had some intrigue because this whole Patrick Kane thing seems to be coming to a head. It's rumored by our TSN outsider, Carlo Koliakovo, that uh, Toronto, one of the teams on his list, uh, not a banner night for anyone on the Blackhawks last night, though. No, like that, that was one thing, right? Like There's a couple things that we're looking for in last night's game, right? Matthew's making his return. I mean, that guy didn't look like cash he skipped the beat, right? Like, escorted a, a classic goal, catch, release, the whole nine. Like, Matthews looked good. I think he, he's, he's ready to go. Want to see what Timothy Lilligren looked like? Pretty good. I thought he worked out well with, uh, with Rasmus Sandin. Connor Timmons came in. He played well. And then on the other side of the puck, it was very much a, all right, there's about four or five players of interest for Toronto Tonight, I'm more so going to be watching Chicago as opposed to Toronto. Like, I found myself more oh, yeah. so We know dissecting. how Toronto plays. We see them all the time. Right. And I found myself dissecting what's going on on the other side of the puck as, as, you know, more than typically I do. So guys like Lafferty, guys like Kane, guys like Domi, um, Connor Murphy, and, of course, Jake McCabe. And I don't know how many of those guys really did themselves a favor in, in trying to get in the good graces of uh, Leafs Nation last night, especially Patty Kane. I thought he was pretty well invisible for most of the night. There was one guy, actually, who I thought played pretty well. I'd say, like, Max Domi was maybe the only one okay. where I was like, okay, okay, you know, you, you've done some things. You've Go made off. a couple of nice plays here. You know, so I think he might be the only player that... I don't even say that he boosted his stock, but definitely there's probably a couple more Leaf fans looking at that that are saying, okay, we we could use a Bax Dome in our lineup probably, but I'm not sure Patty Kane made a lot of of Leafs believers last night that he's ready to get back to being the showtime himself. I I don't know. No, and I was saying yesterday, like, we were getting pretty mixed, mixed signals via text message. I saw that the first up guys put out a little Poliakovo this morning to to gauge the temperature of Leafs Nation as to where they're at with the potential of acquiring Patrick Kane, what with that 
hip injury and with what we saw last night. And I think we landed on it yesterday, though, A.B., in that if the Leafs are going to acquire Patrick Kane, it's probably going to be because, not because he's their number one target, it's going to be a little bit more of a, a luxury piece. Like Brian Hayes yesterday put it in a pretty good way, talking about uh, when you already have chicken wings and you go for a, a few more chicken wings. Like They have a lot of Patrick Kane-type dudes with the skill and, and, the, and the magic up yeah. front. Uh, so he's not exactly like a need. However, if he only wants to go to Toronto, similar to um, the Giroux situation last year, similar to the Hall situation the year before that, like Chicago just is going to have to find a way to get him to Toronto if that's where he wants to go. Which we don't know for sure, but we have heard it's it's a it's a destination that intrigues him. Yeah, like that's it is interesting to see how that's going to work. Like if he wants to get to Toronto, clearly there's going to have to be some cap gymnastics to even make that work for. It to be worth it for Toronto, like I mean, the guy has what ten million dollar, ten half million dollar AAV. Yeah, clearly that'll be brought down, but it probably has to be brought down twice for them to make multiple moves. Like it can't be the only move. That's my. That's always been my thing. That's why I consider it a luxury ad. That's like okay, if you're gonna add Patrick Kane, like you got to do something else somewhere. Like whether that's addressing the blue line, getting a, a third line center, getting another player in the bottom six. Like that can't be the only ad, and the only way to do that is if you make the money work and the cap work by probably getting that contract like double retained and all of a sudden you know that 10 million dollar cap hit now is at like two and a half million or 2.6 whatever the actual number is there then that's like okay sure you you can fit that in there but i still don't know if patrick kane is and again like it was one game last night but you look at his production over the course of the year like there's been a significant drop off there and 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 you just have to wonder is is that hip injury impacting him to the point where he just can't be that player that he he once was right and that was an issue i'm assuming i don't want to put words in the mouth of the new york rangers but they pivoted and went to vladimir tarasenko for a reason yeah right so you know is is toronto going to take that gamble and, and and roll the dice there i'm not sure that they have the i'm not sure kyle dubas can afford to take that type of gamble right like there are some teams out there like Vegas typically is a team that would take that type of gamble. I don't know if Toronto is there. Like, there's a lot more meaning to this season, and if that's a swing and a miss, that's not going to look good for this team and for this general manager come the off season. It's just not going to look good. Yeah, you know what else is an interesting thought when it comes to Patrick Kane? The idea, the idea of of maybe the two best American players to ever do it being on this iconic Canadian team together. It's like an underrated part of the whole thing that. That's that true. intrigues me. It would be funny. Uh, with that, though, let's bring in our TSN hockey analyst, Craig Button. And, and Craig, you just heard us talking about Patrick Kane and, and his performance last night and his potential fit for the Leafs, if it's one of the destinations that he finds attractive. I heard you on, on Jay on SC talking about it. What are your thoughts on, on the idea of all this? Well, I, I think the first uh, thought is that Patrick Kane is a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's been a great player. Yep. He, he, he still is a top-notch player. Don't even look at this year and consider anything to the contrary. And what am I going to do, say that Patrick Kane doesn't fit in on any team? Like, uh, I mean, I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. And Patrick Kane is, is that good. So, you know, you can look at different areas of a team, and uh, you can say, okay, we want to strengthen ourselves there. But Patrick Kane would strengthen any team that, that, that he's on. And, you know, adding him to, uh, to, to the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, just gives them even that much more offensive punch. And they're already a top offensive team. And, you know, if that's the path that they want to go into, well, that strengthens their team. If they, if they want to go into a, a different direction with a defenseman or a, a different type of forward, well, 
that'll strengthen their team too. The whole goal here is to strengthen your team. And if anybody wants to suggest that Patrick Kane wouldn't strengthen your team, I would suggest that that person needs to uh, maybe not talk about hockey. <laughs> well, I'm curious, Craig, like what type of due diligence would Kyle Dubas have to do uh, before making this type of trade? Like there's the, the ongoing speculation about Patrick Kane's hip injury. Like are general managers privy to that information, like the medicals and whatnot prior to making deals? Like what type of due diligence would he have to do to be comfortable making this type of trade? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to get to a point where, you know, you, 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 you satisfy the Chicago Blackhawks. With respect to uh, you know a deal that they're comfortable with, then you can say, but hey, this is going to every deal is subject to uh, a medical and, and and making sure that everything is, is checks out health wise. But you know the Chicago Blackhawks owe nothing to the uh, to, to any team uh, unless there's a deal that, that that's ready to be there now. Can Kyle Dubas ask Kyle Davidson, hey, listen, you know what, I'm going to engage in these talks, but can you assure me that, uh, that Patrick Kane uh, is healthy or there's nothing lingering? And, you know, Kyle Davidson say, I, I can assure you of that, but, you, you know, and, and leave it at that. And, and then it becomes your word, and there's, not a, there's no GMs in the league that are going to uh, mislead or lie in that respect. It, it, you know, the, number one, it's, it's not in their DNA, and number two, it doesn't serve any, any good purpose. So that doesn't happen so when you look at it and 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 you consider you know because Kyle Dubas has to you know understand hey listen if if it's something that I want to pursue then we're going to be serious about it so I want to know that I'm pursuing it and spending time on it with the idea that uh you know everything is is good health-wise and and if it isn't that's fine too I'm moving in other directions and you know Kyle Davidson in that respect might say to uh hey listen you know I share that with you and you know I I I ask you to, to keep that confidential which you know, players' medical reports are confidential, right. uh, just as a matter of, just as a matter of law. Forget about good word; it's, it's a matter of law. Do Do you think the Blackhawks owe anything to Patrick Kane? Like, if he came up to them and said, "Hey, I want to play in Toronto," I, would it be a, a situation where they do whatever it means, or would they still need to get that top tier, you know, um, assets back in order for them to make that swing? Or do you think that? Kane has given enough to this organization where they would say, okay, we'll go and we'll see if we can get something we could live with. Maybe it's not the best return, but something we could live with and figure something out with the Maple Leafs to, to, facilitate, that, to facilitate that for Patty Kane. There's a statue going to be going up outside the United Center with, with, with Patrick Kane. That's the bottom line. He's given everything and more to the Chicago Blackhawks. I think that when you look at his brilliance over his time with the script from day one all the way through, I mean, all he has done has been a brilliant player for the Blackhawks. And so, you know, he fully controls the, 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 the situation, fully controls it. And so, you know, for Patrick Kane, and I, I believe this, that him and Jonathan Taze, you know, if they are going to consider uh, leaving the Blackhawks, it would be to go to a team that has a serious chance of winning the Stanley Cup. So now, if you're so now, if you're Kyle Davidson, put yourself in the general manager's chair, and and Patrick Kane says, "Hey, listen, you know what? Like, you know, I'll consider waving, but here's the team or teams that I would go to." You know, it it, 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 it behooves Kyle Davidson not to meet the wishes of Patrick Kane, not to meet the wishes of Patrick Kane. Regardless, I'm not telling you just say, "Oh yeah, give me a seventh round draft pick." It's got to be something that's reasonable. But 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 I think there's a recent example here. And I, and I think it's, it's very clear what Doug Armstrong did with Vladimir Tarasenko. Vladimir Tarasenko had a no-move clause. He certainly 
you know, contributed a lot to the St. Louis Blues over a period of time. And Doug, you know, you can look at it and go, well, he got a first-round draft pick. And, but, you know, he, he, he served the needs of his organization as best as he could. But he was also uh, recognizing that Vladimir Tarasenko gave a lot to the Blues over his time. And so now here, here's what we can do. And I, I, I don't have any reason to believe that Kyle Davidson would do anything uh, other than that. Yeah, very interesting situation in Chicago right now. So I'll stay tuned to see what happens there. That's our TSN hockey analyst, Craig Button. Uh, Let's shift our attention to a great American player that does play on the Maple Leafs currently. Austin Matthews got back into the lineup last night, a goal and an assist. Looks like he didn't miss a beat, Craig. You were on Jay last night, and you're thinking he could be poised for a little run here down the stretch? Well, recent history uh, serves as as a guidepost. You know, all you got to do is look back to last year where, you know, he took it to another level. You know, it's fascinating when we talk about Austin. And, you know, he scored 60 goals last year, you know, MVP and everything that went with it. And, and he's on pace for 40 goals. I mean, I mean that's what he's on. And, and, you know, you think about 60 to 40, okay, it's a drop and everything. But it's hard to score 50 in this league, let alone 60. But at, at, at the end of it all, when I watch Austin Matthews play, you know, he, he's dangerous. He's dangerous all the time. He's dangerous game in, game out. And a healthy, rejuvenated, uh, like, you know, so, sometimes it's not just the health part, the physical part of it. It's also just kind of the, the, the fatigue that sets in mentally. And so watching the game last night, watching Austin come out right from the opening faceoff, I mean, he was, he, he was chomping at the bit. He, he was like a thoroughbred that got put in the gates at the Kentucky Derby and those gates opened and away he went. And to me, that's what he is. He is a thoroughbred. And to, to, to be in the state that he's in physically and mentally, and I'm talking about just resting and, and, and being in that state, I, I think that's a scary proposition. But when I, when I think about Austin Matthews in the game versus Chicago, I mean, he, he, he was a dangerous, dangerous player throughout. And Yeah, he only had one goal and one assist, but that doesn't tell the whole story. So, you know, if Austin Matthews continues uh, playing like he did last night, and, and understanding that what he did last year was pretty significant and route to 60 goals, uh, I would say that uh, indications that a top player being a top player are, are, are real strong. That if you're an opponent, watch out. Well, he didn't even get a, an assist technically on that opening goal, but apparently it was it was all Matthews. Like right. Nylander after the game said, yeah, it was his idea to, to drop that play and for, for me to attack, and he technically won't get rewarded for it on the score sheet. But I think it just points to the fact that, like, Austin Matthews, A, has the maturity to, you know, make a make a, a decision to do something like that. But also, it's just like the, the IQ of this guy, knowing that something like this could be available for a team that might not be expecting it right out of the gate. I think that just speaks to kind of, you know, the, the evolution in his game just keeps taking leaps and leaps and leaps, not only on the ice, but also up in the brain. Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you the whole inside story on how that play got developed and where it started from. Love it. It was at the Super Bowl party on Sunday. They were all gathered, Super Bowl party, watching Patrick, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, Jalen Hurts and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles do, <laughs> do, do, do plays. So, they, you know, I don't know if it was over the guacamole dip or if it was over the queso dip or the chicken wings or whatever, but that's where the play all emanated from. I, I believe that they, they drew it up probably in the in the three cheese dip yeah. and, and said here's what we can do and you know and then they couldn't wait to play on on, on, on Wednesday to, to show off their, their coaching acumen. <laughs> I mean who's to say that uh, Austin Matthews isn't in line to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Hey, who know you know it's funny you say that though, Craig, because the way that Nylander kinda came 
I don't know. He, it looked like he was running a football route. Like he kind of, I don't want to say lazily, but like kind of acted as though he was just nonchalantly skating, you know, in towards Connor Mur- or in towards the defender, Jake McCabe. And then out of nowhere on a dime cuts to the middle of the ice and it accepts the pass from the defender and then ends up taking it right to the net. So it kind of looked like a football route in a way. It's funny that you mentioned that because that, that kind of did go through my head. It was like that kind of looked as though, you know, it was a little bit of a stutter route and then boom, there he went and caught him in stride and, you know, History went to the house, as they say in uh, in football. Kind of looked like it, AB. It's exactly. Like it looked exactly I mean, like it. It was I a did, slant I route. I said Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I said they were watching Super Bowl. I Sunday. know. I mean, it was exactly a wide receiver move. What do you mean, kind of look? No, you, you're 100 percent right. I was. I was. I was. <laughs> Trying to, I don't know, add to what you were saying, where I, I'm confirming that. I also agree. It definitely looked like that. Um, well, I said it last night on FC and J as well. I said this was a football play. Yeah, yeah. It was. Julia uh, was watching. Obviously, you were. <laughs> tuned oh, in. Thanks, Julia. Very I'm deeply glad you tuned, tuned in. in. <laughs> had a long day. I had to take photos yesterday. Yeah. I was out. It was a long day you for me. Get a photo Greg. shoot. Yeah, it was a long day a for me. Oh, was... the, the old photo shoot. Yeah, I saw pictures <laughs> of everybody having to get the old photo shoot headshot day. <laughs> you didn't get down here for your headshots, Craig. Listen, I do one a year, usually at uh, free agency, and uh, it, it lasts a year. You know, my, my beauty shines throughout the year. I don't have to get them updated. Ah, fair enough. So true. <laughs> uh, we're chatting with Craig yeah, Bunn. Yeah, that's not true, Julia. <laughs> so I, 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 true. <laughs> um, Connor Timmons is an interesting cat to me, Craig. It seems like every time he's in there, um, good things are happening, like 13 points in 19 games. Definitely nothing to uh, to sniff at if you're Connor Timmons and you're watching him play. But why isn't this guy getting more of a, more of a look, I guess? I suppose you can look at it and say depth, but it just seems like they gave him this contract extension. Like, should he be getting a little bit more run here down the stretch? And, like, what have you made of his play since becoming a Maple Leaf? I think he is getting a lot. You know, but, but, but you got T.J. Brody and you got Timothy Lilligren, who's played really well. You, you know, one of the things, not one of the things, a couple of things I would say about Connor. You know, Connor was a, was a really good prospect. And, uh, you, you know, drafted by the uh, Colorado Avalanche, got traded for Darcy Kemper in a pretty significant deal. And so, so, so this isn't, you know, knowing what Connor Timmons was capable of and knowing what his potential is, it shouldn't come as a surprise. Number two is that he, he ran through a stretch of four seasons about where, where, where he, he, he wasn't able to play very much. I mean, prior to being acquired by the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think he had played 105 games in four seasons, including missing a full season. So, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to hone your game. It's hard to develop your game when you're not playing. And I think when they picked him up in that trade, I think the biggest challenge for the Toronto Maple Leafs and Connor Timmons together was how were you going to be able to get him back playing? How were you going to get him comfortable in his game and playing to his strengths, which you've identified, and then getting him into game action? And, and, and so you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I, I think they've handled him really nicely. But, but I think that it shouldn't come as a surprise based on Connor's potential. And, you know, when, when you make that trade back when they did, you got, you got a lot of runway to, to, to help the player develop and, and get him moving along and, and, and in the right direction and in the direction that you feel he can do that. And certainly he has shown that. But, but I think it's, I, I think all in all, when you, when you look at where Connor Timmons finds himself today, I, I think that's a great place for Connor. 
And I think it's a really significant place for uh, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, to, to, to have found him that opportunity to develop his game. Because it's not easy to develop your game at the NHL level, and Connor's done a nice job of that. Yeah, pretty impressive little resurgence from Connor Timmons. That's Craig Button on the phone, our TSN hockey analyst. Let's go around the league a bit, Craig. Take a look at our trade bait board. Timo Meyer, currently the top dog on that one. The Leafs have, have checked in there, but we've kind of heard the Leafs have checked in everywhere, so I don't know if it counts as a full report. Where do you think Meyer would have the biggest impact, Craig? Calgary Flames. I think he's exactly what they need. I think that, you know, uh, they lost Kachuk. And that was a big loss for them. And, and, and I'll go through this real quickly. The, the Calgary Flames are still a really top team defensively. You know, let's put Markstrom aside. He struggled this year. But offensively, they're in the 25th percentile. That's simply not good enough. But more importantly, where they really struggle is in the inner slot, it, 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 in and around the net, inside the dots. And half the goals, approximately half the goals in the NHL are scored from the inner slot. The Flames don't do a very good job of that, and that is why their offense is down. So when I think about Matthew Kachuk going out the door, and you think about a player that could come in the door and provide them that opportunity, it's Timo Meyer. He doesn't have the same type of edge that Matthew Kachuk has, very few do. But Timo Meyer, he's top 10 in inner slot shots. He scores goals from that spot. He drives into that area. He's got weight. He's got speed. And he can play the right wing as a left shot. So when I look at a team that's a good team, and Brad Trelevin has been bold in, in moves that he's made in, in previous years. So there's no question that Brad that Brad Trelevin has has uh, a track record of finding a way to try to add players and being bold about it. But I think that Timo Meyer uh, would, would be a terrific fit with the Calgary Flames and exactly what they need. Now, would Timo Meyer help any number of teams? That goes without saying, but. When you ask me the question, you know, the, the first team that comes to mind, and, and for the reasons I just outlined, the Calgary Flames. Have you ever been in a situation where Brad Trilliving's in, Craig, where, you know, your goaltender, who you had so much faith in, who has been a top-five goalie for probably four or five years now in the National Hockey League, just falls off a cliff and, and just can't seem to, to find his game? Like, how tough is that, I guess, thinking that that's a position of strength, and all of a sudden you're heading into the deadline, you're on the outside looking in, and you're not so confident in that position anymore. Well, I, no, I, I would say this, A.B., I think they're confident in Vladar. I don't think it's a position, but, but obviously Vladar's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, if Dan Vladar had not played the, to the level he's played at, the Flames would be talking about sellers, but they'd be so far out of it, they'd be frightened. So the position is in imperil. But Jacob Marshall has really struggled. And, you know, it, it becomes confounding in a lot of ways. But Jacob is a, is a dedicated player. He's a competitive player. We know how good he's been, and we know how capable he has been. But since game one of the series versus the Edmonton Oilers last year, he has really struggled to find a consistent form. You go back to the game Monday evening. I guess the Ottawa Senators. You know, the breakaway goal, I know you would, we've done this stuff on, say, percentage on the first shot, first three shots, first five shots of the game, and, you know, Jacob Marshall is so far down, the, um, so far below the league average, it, it, it's frightening to, to look at those numbers. But he gives up that goal, so no big deal. They come back, they're winning 3 1, and, and they got him. And, and he made some really good saves. There was some really good stretches of the game where you go, geez, he's showing that confidence. He's showing that ability again that you're looking for. And if you're Brad Living or Daryl Sutter or the players, you're going, okay, that's the Jacob Marshall we know. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's the third, the second goal. I mean, he's deep in the net. He gives up a big rebound. It's three two. The tying goal by Debrinkat. Yeah, Debrinkat's a really good goal scorer. But I mean, that's from the goal line. Six foot six goaltender down, beats him up over the right shoulder high. And then if you go back and look at the winning goal, he, he's fading again. There's no way Tim Stutzla has anywhere to come in front of the net. So all you got to do is just close off the that net and, and make sure there's no holes there. Well, Jacob just fades back, drops, Stutzla beats him short side. So it, it, it's not even just game to game. It's, it, it's shift to shift, period to period for Jacob Markstrom. And so you, you get enthused and you get encouraged by some of the really good saves and some of the good play in the game. And then you come back and you watch how it unfolds at the end. And you can't, I'm not putting this all on Jacob Markstrom Monday night, but it, I, I think it illustrates the struggles that Jacob Markstrom has gone through this year. And make no mistake about it, A.D. and Julia, the team is sitting there on pins and needles with Jacob Marsham in the net. That's a fact. Yeah, not a very fun feeling when you can't trust what's going on behind yeah, you. But not interesting, the not the best. Interesting season for for Calgary in general, just with everything they went through this summer. Total kind of rebuild uh, of the of the Canadian teams right now. Craig, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Toronto—the ones who are in the race—and and you can include Calgary in there too, uh, if you think it fits. Which one of them do you think is closest to making a run? One move away. One move away? Well, I mean, it depends what that move is. Yeah. Right? I mean, if, if, if you ask me today, you know, and, and I've done this previously, I did it a month ago, I think that for the Canadian teams, the Winnipeg Jets today, with their current roster and their path, are best positioned to go deep into the playoffs. And that path is a Western Conference that doesn't have the clear-cut uh, uh, favorite. And, you know, and, and it's wide open in the West. Now, you know, you, you, you can look at moves, and then it's all going to be dependent on what moves get made. You know, uh, you, you, if you make a move that, you know, really solidifies your team in another area, adds some strength to your group in, in a significant area, well, your chances have improved. But right today, right today, I believe the Winnipeg Jets, because of the path, the way they play, because of the goaltending, everything that's there, I think, right? And it's not that they're, it's not that Toronto's not a good team. Toronto's a really good team. But their path is very different than the Winnipeg Jets. And their path is much, much more difficult. Yeah, the Jets are just a team. They got some cap space. Just looking now, seven point yep. four million. So they could make an addition. I mean, whether it's up front or down the middle or on the back end. I mean, they they're they're a pretty solid group, and there's space there to to do something. Chevy's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting GM to kind of keep track the next couple of weeks. Um, question for you, Craig. Last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago. We talked about the idea of load management, somewhat of a new new age thing that's going on in pro sports. And it seems as though there's a new little thing that's popping up in the NHL here. And it's uh, healthy scratches for trade-related reasons. Are you, uh, are, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you like this idea, or is this kind of bugging you as much as it's bugging me? Well, here's how I'll frame it. I, like, I understand you know, what teams are trying to do. And, and keep in mind, it's not just the teams with the players that, that, that they're sitting out for trade-related reasons. It's other teams that, that you're talking to and conversing with and in, and in constant dialogue with about, about the acquisition of said player. So, like, you, you know, you want to you, you wanna make sure that, uh, you know, you're, you're, at a, you're at a point in time where that player can, can move to his other team and, and be ready to go. And 
but 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 it's with this caveat, AB. Like, if there's something imminent, and there's something that's that leads you to believe, hey, listen, you know what? We're right there. We just got to work out on some of the some of the smaller details, dot the i's, cross the t's. I got no problem with it. But this idea of sitting out players for a long term just to protect them, I'm not buying. Listen, Craig. you know, players. These are top performers. They they're, they're conditioned in, in every regard to play. And playing is what they do and what they do best. So if you're going to sit down and start saying, well, we're not going to play this player just to protect them. Like, you know, you think about what the Arizona Coyotes have done with Jacob Chikrin. Yes. Okay, so last weekend, I get it. That, that, that was kind of a signal to me that, like, okay, they must be close to making a deal. And then Andre Chordinate comes out and goes, well, he's going to, he's going to be a healthy scratch all this week. It's been three Don't games. Like Don't like that. Don't like that. I think it affects the integrity of the game. And – you know, the bottom line is, you know, you, you, and I also go to this too, and I've said it many times. We all, you got to sit out players. Sit out players, like, you know, the players play. Players play. And, 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 and like I said, they're conditioned, they're top performers, and they play. You know, if you're worried about getting them, about them getting hurt, well, then wrap them in bubble wrap, put them in a hotel room, airlift them, carry them down into the dressing room to get dressed for the game. Because I'll tell you what, Rasmus Anderson got hurt riding a scooter. And if you're going to be worried Fair about enough. players getting hurt, then you're worried about the wrong things. Yeah, I don't like. I said imminent deal. I get it. Other than that, I don't agree with it at all. I'm with you. Like sitting Chickard out for three games and counting. Like still haven't seen a yeah. deal. Now they are playing the LA Kings this weekend, and maybe you know he packs an extra suit or a couple extra clothes. Maybe he sticks in LA after that. I don't know. But uh, yeah, to sit somebody out for an entire week is. Just seems ludicrous to me. I'm I'm with it. That said, the Yotes have picked up five of six points since sitting him out. Nice one well, nothing win it. last night against Tampa Bay. Who needs Jacob Chick? Change the winning lineup now, isn't that the other argument? <laughs> yeah, can't change the winning lineup. Right? That's it. They're on yeah, a roll. I, I, I traded for Mike Commodore uh, when I was in Calgary, and he came. I, I, I think he came off the bus in Cincinnati, and he joined us, and he had a black suit. Well, that was the only suit he had for about 16 days, but about day eight, I, I said to him, I said, Mike, you, you, your suit looks like you sleep in it. It looks like you wear it under your equipment when you play in it. I said, have you ever heard of dry cleaners? I said, we can get this pressed to this morning and have it back to you by this afternoon. And he started to laugh and he goes, yeah, I know. He goes, I got my clothes and everything. I said, you know what? Like I said, we got, you got another few days before you're going to be able to get your clothes. So we had a good laugh about it. But you know, players just get into the into the mode of just playing. So maybe, maybe, Ab, send a note to Jacob. Say, hey, pack a couple of suits wherever you're going. Yeah, I think that'd be a, a good call for him. Craig, appreciate the chat as always, my friend. Have a great weekend. We'll chat again next Thursday. Yes, we will. And see you Friday night for the CHL on TSN, Julia. Let's rock. Should be a good one. In studio? Both in studio? Yep. Look at that. Wow. Us, Carla. What a treat. All right. Have a good one. We'll chat next week, pal. All right. There he goes. Craig Button, TSN hockey analyst. Yeah, they got, uh, you know, Jacob Trickren. Like, LA's been the hot team that, you know, was reported, okay, something's close, something's close. They do play him on Saturday. Right? They play L.A. on Saturday, so potentially could we see something get worked out in person? And then after the game on Saturday, Jacob Chikrin does not accompany the Yotes on the team charter home. He just hangs maybe. out there. Interesting maybe. thought. Maybe. Interesting thought. See, last night, though, like, Maple Leaf fans have uh, have 
the Coyotes to thank because it's not just Toronto that loses to the Coyotes. <sighs> Tampa Bay loses to the Coyotes too. Connor Ingram had a 47, 47, 48 save shutout last night. That went to a shootout. I'm acutely aware of this information, AB. Like, I am acutely aware because this was my... I showed you my parlay this morning, and it was... Oh, yeah, you did. It was it was so good. Like, I made good picks last night. Wait, I, I screenshot you, you it. You went for, like... You took, like, all the favorites last night pretty much, right? No, and I then, took Detroit. I took... Ooh, the that's abs, a ballsy pick, too. The Avs weren't actually the favorite in their game versus Minnesota, and I took the Avs. They, nice. were, on, they were on the second half of back-to-back, too, so that, that was kind of a, but that's the a one risky team. one. I took Buffalo over Anaheim. Yeah, that was a good pick. I took New York, and I picked... Tampa Bay to beat the Coyotes. And it was the only game that didn't hit. And it went to a shootout at nothing, nothing. Oh, that's so tough. That's tough. And I even like looked at it. I took a second on that game. I was like, you know, Arizona, kind of hot right now. Tampa, second half of back-to-back. Maybe something weird will happen. And then I just moved on with my day. Gosh darn it, AB. You picked the wrong underdog because you... You also did sprinkle a little on the Blackhawks money line, just because yeah. the value was there. But I picked the Leafs value. in that parlay, just to be clear. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. But you picked the wrong dog. Your, your big Ugh. dog last night should have been the Yotes, the You're Coyotes. Right. That was the dog to take. Um, but yeah, so because of that, Toronto technically uh, leapfrogging Tampa last night. They got the full two points, Tampa with one. So Toronto's sitting pretty, 73 points in second place. Third in terms of points percentage, however. So however you want to look at that. But right now on the standings, they are technically second in the Atlantic. Let's get back into last night's game. we got stay or go coming up on the other side. Jackie Redman going to join us in the 1 o'clock hour as well. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tascheri. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. I suppose we should get going. All right, everybody, stay right where you are. Get the hell out of here. No, you stay here. You got to get going, so go. I'm sorry you came. Time now for stay. Nobody got a gun to your head. Or go. I'll be back. I want you to stay. We have not played stay or go in a while. I know. I like that we went with the re-re version. It's her week. Must. We must. must. Lease Busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie. A piece of cake, avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. A 5-2 win over Chicago last night for the Maple Leafs at home. Um, big they, dub. It was a big dub. It feels weird to say big dub over the Chicago Blackhawks in, in <laughs> February. But it was a big dub. It was, uh, it, was a, it was a Leaf game from beginning to end. They... they we're in control of that game yeah. for the entirety of it, as we should expect. We when should it comes expect to one of the worst teams in the league. But I don't think that, like, I, I think it's counterproductive to say we expect this to happen, and then when it happens, be like, well, yeah, they were supposed to. It's like, okay, but they I know haven't been doing that, yeah. right? Like, I, I think so. Why don't we start with the goes actually? Because one of the things that I didn't like was was something that Sheldon Keefe said after after the game, right? So it was a 5-2 win and he was talking about how he's just, you know, not going to take much from the game, good or bad. So here's the full quote on, on what he said after last night. Frankly speaking, it's a game we're not going to we're not going to evaluate too much in terms of anything good, anything bad. We're going to watch it and move on. What is that? Just uh, is it just because of the level of the opponent? Like well, we got a tired team in here in a back-to-back and it's, you know, it, it, it's a team that's 
know, a team, I, I didn't think the game had much life to it. Uh, yeah, so it's not not what you come to expect, uh, you know, in the in terms of what it's like to play in the NHL. And you know, there wasn't a lot of emotion in the game today. It's, so it, it's a game that we're happy to get through with two points. Basically called uh, the Blackhawks an AHL team there, by the way, <laughs> was also a comment that he made. But, like, I, I, I don't like that because you're sitting here and you're saying, look, it's important to play these games. Like, they talk about how every single game is important, right? And yeah. there's a reason why this team was came, coming into the night. They were 4-11 and against the bottom seven teams. Is that is that, like, the attitude towards these games? That we don't care, you can do whatever you want, we're not going to evaluate what happens here? Mm-hmm. Because if they lose that game, I guarantee you, that matters. So why does it matter if they win the game? Like, I, I don't understand that. Like it's, it's an interesting thought, because I wasn't sure what you... I, I honestly wasn't sure where you were going when you said you didn't like that post game. because, candidly, you and I, like, how much did I get out of that game last night? Not a whole lot. I was mostly ISOing Patty Kane. I was ISOing Jake McCabe. Like, the, the Leafs were leafing, and it was good, but I, I know what you mean. You still that. want to make sure that the habits are there, yeah. right? That they're playing well, they're playing the way they're supposed to, well-structured, and they were. And they should go out, and they should dominate, and they did. They, they, the script was there. And on how this game was expected to unfold, they were going to be um, overly dominant in their top six, which they were. Defensively, they should be able to outmatch pretty well any of those guys because it's not a very deep team. And for the most part, they did. I think they allowed like six high danger chances the entire game at all strengths. And then they needed to get a decent goaltending performance out of Ilya Samsonov, and I think they did. So like you can check off all those boxes, but to come out and say, yeah, I'm not going to evaluate anything from this game, like good or bad, it just didn't feel like a, a good NHL-style game. Like, there wasn't a lot of pace to it, not much love or, or not much energy within the game. It's like, well, how are you expecting the players to wake up for these games and the players to g- give a bleep about playing in these games against these bottom-tier opponents if you're not taking anything out of it? Like, it just seems like yeah, it's mixed I think he was, Yeah, fair enough. I think he was speaking more to just the quality of that game as a whole last night, the fact that... Chicago was on the second half of a back-to-back, so they're a bad opponent, and they're not only a bad opponent, they're a tired opponent. Well, I get that, yeah. but I don't think you need to be saying this publicly in the media, is what I'm saying. Like, I just, that, that's that's what I'm getting at. I mean, Fair. in your head, sure, you could think that, but I don't think it's smart to really come out and say, yeah, I don't really care about this game. Like, to me, that's what I heard. I really didn't care about this game. We won. We got the two points we were supposed to, and it happened, but we're burning the tape. We're moving on to Montreal. Like, that's, that's what I heard from those comments. And I just think, I don't know, it's a bit of a slap in the face when you think about what if they had lost that game and played terribly. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You I know just when Cloak was making fun of us yesterday for getting too deep into things because we have too long to talk? Yeah, this is one of them. It might be one of those moments. Yeah, However, I respect the hustle. I really, really do. <laughs> but that's what, like, when I was listening to the post game last night, and I, that's the first thing, like, that was the most notable thing I heard in post game was that quote from Sheldon Keefe, and I knew I wanted to play that on the show today because it did kind of bother me. Like, it, it, it did bother me. So am I reading too much into it? Maybe, because, you know, we're, we're a day-to-day observer of the team. Yeah. And, and we pick apart things. But ultimately, it, it did kind of bug me a little. I feel, so. Oh, Sheldy, what a guy. We have to be giving him so much love right now based on that asinine article earlier this week about firing hey, look, him. I'm not looking to fire him <laughs> over these comments, okay? It's not a fire And you know, like, to, to, to tie it into what Cloak was saying about us yesterday, having to talk all the time, like, yeah. Sheldon Keefe in the biggest market in hockey... Uh, talks every single day, like whether it's practice or game. Sheldon talks every single day. So often, like Noodles was 
kind of going on about something that Sheldon Keefe said that kind of rubbed him the wrong way the other day. What was it? It was something about... Uh, I think it was Willie. It was Willie. That, oh, it was uh, Willie. Was but it was like out. kind of a minor comment, and and I was thinking kind of the same thing. Like his reaction, uh, his reaction to getting hit in the Columbus right, game, when right, right. But it was just kind of an like, offhand comment from Willie, and yeah. like Sheldon was was candid and being like, "Yeah, like honestly, I'm just in having this, a candid moment." That's the thing in this market. There's no offhand. Careful. Comment. There's no. no offhand comment. There's in this market. there's really not. You and I can't make an offhand comment with the people listening. <laughs> like trust right. me, we say something as just like an aside, and all of a sudden it's. It's it's all over Twitter and people are talking about it and you know we're getting texts saying how dare he say that it's like I mean I really didn't feel that strongly about that opinion I was just, it was just something that right. you know w- went along with what I was talking about it wasn't the main crux of the argument but wow. that's just what happens in 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 Leaf Station people are passionate and they care about every little word that's said from from people in the media yeah, or people on the team the team sure. in particular there's a lot more weight that's with those words um, I don't know just kind of. Rub me slightly the okay, wrong way. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't like. Yeah, I will say though, stays. I myself like some stays. You'd have to better. pay me to watch that one again. <laughs> I didn't mind. Like I didn't. I didn't mind the game. I, I didn't no. think that it was like to, to Keith's credit. Was there a whole lot of uh, that you know, opening minute? And, I was like, mm, where are we going here, boys? Yeah, you did throw a group. Uh, uh, text in the group chat and you're like uh it's gonna be one of these games is it <laughs> like you get a goal nine seconds in and then i don't know what the hell happened i guess that could go yarn giving up pizzas up the middle a lot and of pizza cross-checking his own like literally body checks his own goaltender that could yeah. go let's let's not put samson in a bad spot like that anymore um outside of that though like i i thought the top six played really well like if we move back to the go, go to the stays and talk about the pauses from last night's game you know matthews didn't miss a beat he was fantastic um alongside william nylander obviously like nylander 3.9 first star of the game uh you know the the connor timmons goal doesn't happen if, if he doesn't forecheck the yeah. way that he did like he was really it was it was uh it was good to see and then he, matthews followed it up with some support Takes the puck off of Seth Jones and gets it up to Timmins, who lets go over Rip. That's another thing that last night, like, we got two goals from the defenseman. That's good production. The Leafs have not had that recently. I think they're, like, 30th in the league in, in goals from the blue line. So to get two last night from, uh, you know, guys a little lower in the lineup, nice to see. So, that you know, those were a couple of positives from last night. Yeah. Okay. We, we talked a little bit about the top six deployment ahead of the game yesterday. When- yep. Matthews and Marner being split up. Uh, Nylander and JT no longer a duo. Kerfoot was on the left side of, of that second line last night. What looked did pretty you... good. Yeah. I thought he actually looked good. Like That was a nice little showcase for uh, for Kerfoot. It's unfortunate the goal that got wiped off oh, the board. I know, especially with the way he's what been snake play. bit lately. But what a play by Marner. Yeah. like That was such a... Be- I can't believe we've gone 45 minutes into the show without acknowledging how... Brilliant of a play that was. Yeah. Take that off the wall, dance through a couple of Chicago players, and then get the puck over to Kerfoot and into the back of the net. It's so unfortunate that that did get wiped off the board. I would imagine it's still going to qualify at the end of the week when we go through our leafies because it was that beautiful and pretty of a goal. We get to make the rules, but so it does It does qualify. He, he had a couple. Yes, it will qualify. <laughs> uh, he did have a couple other good looks, though, like a couple of good chances, and, and he set up the, the Tavares goal by yep. going into the corner and getting the puck. So, you know, I thought that Alex Kerfoot did a pretty good job job for himself when it came to showcasing himself as a potential either top six fit with those guys or um you know maybe he's upping his trade value potentially for the maple leafs but again to keith's credit let's see what he can do against a quality team not the chicago blackhawks yeah that's yeah. that's the only like i understand where keith's coming from i just don't like that he actually said it publicly in the media yeah that, that was my only point there 
Um, but yeah, I thought it was funny. You know what? Okay, let's take a break and get back into this actually, because Rasmus Sandin is becoming one of my favorite players on uh, on the Maple Leafs. It's more Carl. more more off ice. Our guy Carl, he's be- he's a jokester, man. That yeah. guy, he's 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 a good, fun loving dude. I think we got some audio. We're gonna play on the other side of him taking some shots at Nylander, not once but twice this week. So let's do that on the other side. Jackie Redman gonna join us also in the one o'clock hour. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tischer. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch. On TSN 1050, the Leafs live here. Looks like he's very hungry out there. He's working hard. He's um, back checking finally, uh, sometimes, but uh, <laughs> no, but he's great. Oh, Carl! You love Carl, and oh, you know what? He's he's a funny guy. I think. Carl, the jokester. He is. I think he's probably, like, I consider him almost the class clown of, like, him and Bunting, I feel like, keep the room light as, like, the kind of the, the practical jokesters in the room, I would think. Yeah, Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. You think Samsonov's in that mix with the class clowns? Uh, you know what, like, Samsonov's a, a, a bubbly cat, but I don't know if he's necessarily one that's gonna chirp people. Yeah. No, like, I don't know if he's a chirp artist out there. I think Jackie was asking Morgan Riley about him last night, so Ooh. perhaps she can give us some insight as to... So what Sammy was like. I watched the interview. He was he was saying that Sam Snobs, he's like, he's a quote guy, but kind of quiet in the room, kind of quiet on well, the ice. So I, I, I sense that Sam Snob is kind of like that quiet guy in the in the back room, but when he says something, it always hits. It always lands. I love those people. Like, he waits <laughs> for the opportunity to come, and then he's like, okay, this is my moment. Boom. And it, everyone bursts out laughing. Like, I could see him being that, but Sandine seems like the guy who he's got punchlines for everyone and, and, and everybody at all almost any time like he's consistently making jokes and yeah. making people laugh and often the butt of the joke seems to be his fellow countryman William Nylander like he was joking yesterday about how uh, you know yeah it seems like he's hungry it's nice for him to finally be back checking it's good to see that and then he also said something yesterday at morning skate in reference to Nylander's roughing call which I also thought was kind of funny it's about time I'd say but <laughs> that is hilarious I thought there was more than just the one second there that we had. I think there's a longer one here. Yeah, let's play this one. It's about time, I'd say. But, um, no, I think, you know, obviously we don't want to play on the PK, but at the same time, I think, you know, it shows emotion. It shows, you know, you know the, the, the level of his com- competitiveness. And, um, you know, I thought, I think, as I said, we don't want to play on the PK, but at some sometime, I mean, it's going to happen. Um, you're not always going to take smart penalties, but... Um, <clears throat> I think it just shows that, you know, he really cares, and he he was a little frustrated, and um, you know, he took it down that little guy. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, as I don't like it, I I kind of like it as well. Like that's the little the the jab in there took it out on that little guy. Who was like, that's it? That's just a funny funny. I don't even remember thing. who it was. Was it? Um, oh, sorry, I put you. Yeah, spot. I'm actually blanking on who that was too. Was it? It'd be funnier if it was a big guy. I, I can't recall who it was. I don't know why. I cannot recall. I was there. I was watching the game live, but for some reason, it's escaping me exactly who it was. But whoever it was did turtle, like really did turtle. He's a scary was guy. It, was it Boquist? Was, was Built Bo- from Calgary. Was it Boquist potentially? Maybe. I don't know. Either way, I thought it was funny. Like, oh, yeah, nice of him to, you know, show a little bit of grit against uh, a little guy out there. Like, that is funny. come on, Willie, why don't you do that against someone? Who's gonna... It's just you know poking fun, and I think it just goes to show with they would know one another too if it was Boquist. They were in the OHL at the same time. 
Yeah? I think they're from the same place. Sandine? Yeah. I have... Potentially, I don't know. Is Boquist... Uh, yeah, I guess he would be Swedish. Yeah. I think Adam Boquist. Potentially, but, you know, I think it's just... It shows the camaraderie with the group, I think, that they're willing to make some jokes out there. Like, I know that, uh, uh, like, Mitch Marner talked about his skates and how, you know, everybody had to get their chirps in his skates when he wore them out to practice. And ultimately, he knows that it's all in, like, good, loving fun. Like, I I think you can look at that locker room, and it, it brings up another interesting conversation about how to approach this deadline and whether or not that, like, that needs to be factored in or not. The close-knit nature of, of that locker room. And do you want to bring in somebody who who has, like, a big personality that could screw things up? Not screw things. Like, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, just yeah, just like, um, maybe disturb the harmony. But Yeah, yeah, I think that's a better way to Throw things out of sync. I don't think it would... I don't think that anybody would come into the room and, like, be a bully or disturb things. But it does um, it does change the pecking order of how things work. Yeah. I think, which, which is an interesting... When players talk about trades, like, when former NHL players talk about trades, they always talk about that stuff. But I, I think it gets lost a little bit on the media. It's like, oh, yeah, throw the best player in the league on that team. It, it'll be great. There'll be a super team out there. But then it, then it just kind of... I don't know. This is very firmly well, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares. Is we were very, we were, we were jokingly talking about the number, the number eighty-eight yesterday, yeah. right? Like, would would Willie give that up? He asserted his dominance right off the draw yesterday. I almost tweeted that, and then I left it. Could in the you draft. imagine? It's like, uh, yeah, it, I, there's I, only. I thought about your filter, and I left it in the drafts. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you put it out there. That'd be a hilarious take. I'd send that filter for sure. Okay, that would have been funny. I think that would have been good. A good little tweet to. Fire but you know what there. I mean about like we were just talking about the way that things get lost. Like that one might yeah. might have gotten lost a bit. Yeah, no, I think uh, I, I think you raised a, a good point there. I think it was oh Blankenberg. Someone just texted me, my boy, uh, my boy B Cam. Shout out, thank you for listening. Nice. Blankenberg was the guy who uh, who Willie kind of lost it on there. Uh, all right, so let's take a break. Uh, on the other side, Jackie Redman, NHL Network host, will join us. We got a Thursday three pack coming up as well in the one o'clock hour. I'm Mike Desefno with Julia Tashery. Hour two of Leafs Lunch coming up next.